0: Uh, yummy chips. So okay, <laughs> welcome. And <laughs> um, as we get started, any prayer requests? Any praise reports? Any? Any?
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: Yes, we're trying the one month contacts for a week, and she says it. it They get dry. Yeah, so we're gonna go get her some contact safe eye drops to see if that makes it okay. Because if she can do the monthly, it will be so much more cost affordable. It's like seven hundred and fifty dollars a year for the dailies and two hundred for the monthlies.
2: Really,
0: it's a huge difference. Well,
3: there's also the two week ones too.
0: Yes, so well, yeah, we're gonna. I used
3: to just take mine out every night.
0: She does. Oh, she does. And they're still doing
3: that. Mm-hmm. I had to give up wearing contacts because my eyes got so
0: irritated. So, yeah, the
3: dailies, they don't but She didn't have a problem at all uh, with the, the dailies. Even the dailies but were
0: bothering me. Yeah, no, that was fine. Because, you know, my life sucks. Are you supposed to pick them up? You are yes. supposed to take them out. There are some yeah, that I'm are approved for day and night, but you're still supposed to take them out. I mean, it's, it's best. Um, the people I know who cheated on the, you know, because I, I asked online and a bunch of people said, yeah, yeah, I used to wear my dailies overnight. Technically, it's not a big deal, except that after a few years, I got cornea scratches. You know, so yeah. they, yeah, because they get, it get cause allergens and stuff exactly. in there. and Yeah, so we were duly warned. So, yes, we will pray for that.
1: Um, we'll talk the solution I had a problem with is this the, the same
0: solution that you used with the other ones or are you using the other solution?
1: Okay, and we
0: did make sure that it's corn-free because a lot of them, I guess a lot of them are now but some of them aren't. I just know I had a problem. Yeah. Is he, is he looking or is he is he still working where he was or is he? Oh, really? I'm sorry. I didn't realize that happened. Oh. Eh. It's life. It stinks. but hey. So, well, Lord, I, we just lift these things up to um, jobs and contacts and just all sorts of things that, that are going on with us. All the unspoken needs and the, the praises that we do want to make sure you get glory for, Lord. I ask that you would be with us today as we study your word. Put your hand of healing, your hand of protection, and your hand of mercy upon us. In Yeshua's name, amen. So, okay. I'm going to, oh, I didn't mute that. I thought I did before, so I'm glad I got that. Okay, so we're get started today. Um, Leviticus 22. Um, and I'm, do what? <laughs> I'm actually I, when we do Revelation, and just so you know, if you downloaded it and happened to look at it, it does say Revelation 8. That is my bad. It is Revelation 9. When the when the final goes up, it you know with the recording, I have fixed that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm excited about Revelation 9. There's some really fascinating stuff in this in this one, and some of the stuff that I think has been most used to terrify people. Uh-huh. That actually, when you when we look at it, it's it's just really cool. I mean, you know, I guess some people should be scared, but not God's children. So we're okay. (laughs) It's a really fascinating thing. So, um, but Leviticus 22, and the Lord spoke to Moses saying, speak to Aaron and his sons so that they abstain from the holy things of the people of Israel, which they dedicate to me so that they do not profane my holy name. I am the Lord. Say to them, if any one of all your offspring throughout your generations approaches the holy things that the people of Israel dedicate to the Lord while he has an uncleanness, that person shall be cut off from my presence. I am the Lord. So he's being very, very clear here. <laughs> if, you are, if you are unclean, don't go near the holy things. None of the offspring of Aaron who has a leprous disease or a discharge may eat of the holy things until he is clean. Whoever touches anything that is unclean through contact with the dead or a man who has had an emission of semen and whoever touches a swarming thing by which he may be made unclean or a person from whom he may take uncleanness whatever his uncleanness may be the person who touches such a thing shall be unclean until the evening, and shall not eat of the holy things unless he has bathed his body in water.
4: Now, now,
3: is this, for the, the this, is this is for this the priests. This, this is for oh, the priests. Yeah, yeah. Well, he so the the priest.
0: yeah, he's yeah, and but and it. I know.
3: So, like well, so did the men have school? to come in and say? Right. I is this mission? Mission? Well I what if you didn't know? I th- well, and
0: that's a good question. What if you didn't know? But I think that I think that when you look at this, this is part of where the rituals of bathing came in. Because, you know, generally men aren't gonna walk up to you, tap you on the shoulder with a great hearty hello and say oh, oh, sorry, I emitted semen last night, you know, and and you need to bathe. So it's just a good plan. But
1: they may say, I'm going to remove myself to not make others
0: Yes, ideally, that would be how people would handle it. Come on
1: in, hi.
0: You know, that that would be a very good way um, to deal with this. But on the chance that they're not doing that, you know, verse 6 says, um, you know, unless he has bathed his body in water. So... Before sundown, take a bath. Then you'll be okay. Hey, come on in. Before sundown, take a bath. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Just in case you touch a swarming thing or someone who's emitted semen. As
4: if will
3: tell you. (laughs) I know.
4: Because there's a sign.
0: Yep, not not usually something they that they advertise. I don't know, some men do. But no, I mean, pretty much you should stay away from men who advertise that. So, it's <laughs> ideally you wouldn't know. Hey, buddy, you all going over to Shabbat school? We actually forgot to bless everybody, so we're going to bless them after. Aww. So... Um, you know, so, so it's talking about, you know, the showbread that they got to eat from or the the sacrifices that the portion went for the priest's meal. Um, they they that was they're not to eat those things unless they've bathed.
3: And that's only the high priests.
0: No, nope, all the priests. All the descendants of 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 and what about people who aren't
3: priests.
0: Um, we're gonna get to that. Okay. Well, pretty much only certain people would be eating those things. Uh, so they, those were food for the priests, but there actually are other people that, it's, that it affects. So verse 7, when the sun goes down, he shall be clean. And afterward, he may eat of the holy things because they are his food. Yeah, yeah. It's just, and it's, you know, it's not some big, and this is kind of where, where if you only read part of this, you know, um, and, and you don't look at the, the whole in context, this is where people get, oh, it's such a burden. Oh, it's such a... You can't even touch people. <sighs> take a bath. It's, it's really not a big deal. You know, just make sure you take the bath and make sure you don't eat it without taking the bath. And just make sure you're ritually clean before God. And, and I think these are some of the verses, you know, there's um, there are some different denominations and in different groups where there is talk about how, you know, there is... I wanna, I'm gonna get the wording wrong. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get the quote wrong. So I didn't look it up before. But um, talking about how there's no difference beto- that God has made the common holy, and and I think this goes to when we were talking about Peter's dream, that most people don't understand that there was actually the three distinctions. There was the holy. There was the common. And there was the profane. And you know, God told Peter, he's like, if I say, if I say something is holy, you know, basically the way things became common was if a holy thing was in the presence of a profane thing, it became common. So it was less than, less than clean, less than holy. So God made clear to Peter, stop saying things are common just because they came in the presence of something profane. If I said it's clean, it stays clean, it doesn't become unclean just because it's in the presence of something. Now, in the you know, yes, the touching and the common, but this is, you know, so that was his that was his thing to God, you know, to, to Peter, but there still was the profane. He didn't say, I've made all the profane things clean now. And so this is this is that thing, okay? It didn't make you unworthy. But you needed to bathe so that you could go back in the presence of God. You know, there's a difference between saying, oh, you are now a different class versus, you know, you know he, doesn't, he doesn't say, and if you touch a swarming thing, get out. I don't mm-hmm. want you here ever again. You know, <laughs> you're, you're not worthy anymore. He's like, just, you know, just bathe. Well,
3: that's the difference between you touching a swarming thing.
0: I think it I think it goes both ways. I think if a bee lands on you, you should take a bath. At least before you go into the presence of God and eat his bread. <laughs> if, if you're a priest. If you're a priest, yeah, if you're a common man. If the common people were out, you know, yeah, no big deal. Such an holy thing then. Right, right. So he shall verse eight He shall not eat what dies of itself or is torn by beasts, and so make himself unclean by it. I am the Lord. So no (laughs) roadkill. They shall therefore keep my charge, lest they bear sin for it and die thereby when they profane it. I am the Lord who sanctifies them. A lay person shall not eat of a holy thing. Period. Actually, semicolon here, but (laughs) it's just a statement of fact. No foreign guest of the priest or hired worker shall eat of a holy thing. But if a priest buys a slave as his property for money, the slave may eat of it, and anyone born in his house may eat of his food. Um, keeping in mind, this is almost, most of the time, and I'm going to actually look at the notes for this to make sure that I'm not missing something, but um, the context of, of the indentured servant. If, if your uncle you know or if you're if if you end up in a situation where you've been arrested for robbery and you can't afford to repay your debt and the person who happens to redeem you is a priest and you're in their home working as a slave for however long then you know you can eat of it and when they did the the only slaves that could be bought were the ones that were caught in battle and They, once, you know, at some point, if they chose to become, you know, converted and they chose to accept the religion of their community now, then they became a free man and had all of the rights of an Israelite. Mm -hmm. So it was, um, let me see here. I just want to see if they have any special, but an acquisition of his money, verse 11. No, so okay. So there's no hidden hidden meaning there. Um, so if a priest's daughter marries a layman, she shall not eat of the contribution of the holy things. So if your daughter-in-law comes over for dinner, she can't eat the things that were. Where,
4: where are you on? Verse twelve. Your daughter,
0: not your
1: daughter-in-law. No, it's his daughter-in-law. Your daughter no. is now yeah, married priest, to a right. layman. Right.
0: Yeah.
1: So it's not your daughter-in-law. It's your daughter.
0: Right. Oh, did I say daughter-in-law? Yeah. I no. meant daughter. I'm sorry. Okay. If your daughter marries a layman, so if your daughter is over for dinner, and and she's married to someone who's not a priest, then she can't eat of it. But if a priest's daughter is widowed or divorced and has no children and returns to her father's house as in her youth, she may eat of her father's food. Oh. Okay. Okay. Yet no lay person shall eat of it.
3: But if she has children,
0: if she has children, then she's her own family. She's not coming back as your child. So Basically,
1: all the people the priest is responsible yeah. for right. may eat the food that right. from his job.
0: Exactly. And if anyone eats of a holy thing unintentionally, he shall add the fifth of its value to it and give the holy thing to the priest. They shall not profane the holy things of the people of Israel, which they contribute to the Lord, and so cause them to bear iniquity and guilt by eating their holy things. For I am the Lord who sanctifies them. So Now, I am not sure in what context you would accidentally eat a <laughs> holy thing. Maybe if you're staying with the priest and you're not allowed to eat it and you go for a midnight snack and don't realize you grabbed the wrong plate.
1: Oh, that's holy.
0: Yeah, okay. Oh. Well, here, here's a fifth extra, you know, and, and so you just restore it. And, and it is, I mean, it's a simple remedy. If you mm-hmm. do it on accident, like just, just said, all the right. Exactly. If you do it on accident, just restore it. It's it's no big deal. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, "Speak to Aaron and his sons, and all the people of Israel, and say to them, When any one of the house of Israel or of the sojourners in Israel presents a burnt offering as his offering, for any of their vows or freewill offerings that they offer to the Lord." If it is to be accepted for you, it shall be a male without blemish, of the bulls or the sheep or the goats. You shall not offer anything that has a blemish, for it will not be acceptable for you. And when anyone offers a sacrifice of peace offerings to the Lord to fulfill a vow or as a freewill offering from the herd or from the flock, to be accepted, it must be perfect. There shall be no blemish in it. In other words, don't give God your garbage. Mm -hmm. You know, you're not supposed to be all, no, I can't get much at market for that thing. I guess I'll give it to God. Mm-hmm. He, wants, he wants your best. Animals blind or disabled or mutilated or having a discharge or an itch or scabs, you shall not offer to the Lord. Kind of continues with the no blemishes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or give them to the Lord as a food offering on the altar. You may present a bull or a lamb that has a part too long or too short for a free will offering, but for a vow offering, it cannot be accepted. Any animal that has its testicles bruised or crushed or torn or cut, you shall not offer to the Lord.
1: <laughs> right, but but uh, what is it catheter?
0: the castrating. Castrated. No yeah. Castrated. No ca- Nothing castrated. Uh, neither shall you offer. Oh wait, you shall not do it within your land. Neither shall you offer as the bread of your God any such animals gotten from a foreigner. So you're not supposed to be messing with your animals' testicles and don't buy animals that are messed up. Wow. So, <laughs> well, and they cause they can't reproduce. You know, if you're if you're
2: if you're going to be
0: if you're going to be blessed in your in your flocks, they have to be able to reproduce.
4: You no, know, we're we're talking about this uh, documentary we saw where they're gonna only use these pigs for meat, so that when they're babies they just tear
0: off. Their yeah, meat. yeah, and, and it's cruel. Yeah, and God's but like, don't don't, don't do that. Bull, they they, gotta, they,
1: gotta they get the bulls angry by by cinching up their testicles. That's how they get the bulls to bounce around for bull riding.
0: Wow. That's just so awful. That's so awful.
4: I mean, how would you know somebody God would, would such somebody there. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> 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 well, and oh, I really dog which is why they're
0: bouncing around, around. <laughs> going get this thing
1: off of me. <laughs> right.
0: Well, and, and God does care how we treat animals.
4: Yes. Yeah. You know, exactly. they're they're his
0: creation also. They are they are not just, you know, things that wandered through. It's yeah. it's something you we have responsibility here. So since there is a blemish in them because of their mutilation, they will not be accepted for you. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, When an ox or sheep or goat is born, it shall remain seven days with its mother, and from the eighth day on it shall be acceptable as a food offering to the Lord. But you shall not kill an ox or a sheep and her young in one day. And when you sacrifice a sacrifice of thanksgiving to the Lord, you shall sacrifice it so that you may be accepted. It shall be eaten on the same day. You shall leave none of it until morning. I am the Lord.
4: Yeah, we, don't. we uh, <laughs> you saw they the cow away from its calf. As soon as it was as as yes. They out. Yes. no, no. Away. When they said seven they days. They seven could, days, you can't so even take them that's away. And that's the but minimum. So
0: right. And this doesn't so say well, take them away on the eighth day. It's just saying from the eighth day on, mm-hmm. you can sacrifice them or, or, or. Well, is it you're
1: supposed to really like the first Born of the first male. Yeah, or like yeah. That. So you don't, yeah, you don't
0: even take the firstborn male as a sacrifice until the eighth day. See? You so. you just leave it with the and and you know a lot of times think about and we talked before about the uh, dairy goat or dairy cows and mm-hmm. how they just keep them pregnant all the time and as soon right. as the babies are born they take them away and they never get so to nurse get and, yeah and and you know the level of postpartum depression that's got to be going on in those cows is yeah. just ridiculous. It's got to be. And then they're only keeping the milk going with, you know, injections of medicine and stuff to keep it going. It's like, oh, the, it's just so inhumane, yes. you know. It's yes. a.
4: And people suck up
0: gallons, you
4: know. Oh
0: yeah! Oh yeah! I'm glad I don't milk. So <laughs> I know those of us with allergies don't even have to wrestle with this, but. <laughs>
4: See, i never drank milk. I'm glad I'm lactose. Okay, that's why I'm locked That's right. That's right. you depressed heart. milk.
1: That's right. There you go. Maybe that's why. I'll give a couple of my kids
0: cheese. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you shall keep my commandments and do them. I am the Lord. And you shall not profane my holy name that I may be sanctified among the people of Israel. I am the Lord who sanctifies you, who brought you out of the land of Egypt to be your God. I am the Lord. God so, yes, and he is Lord. God. <laughs> he is the Lord. Um, and I, I love the, the way Rashi explains, he took you out, I liberated you from Egypt on the condition that you would sanctify me. Mm-hmm. Or as Rambam says, by saving you from slavery, I made you mine, and I have a right to make demands on you. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, you know, he redeemed us. And even with Yeshua, the language that Paul says, you know, he redeemed you, he bought you at a price. Mm-hmm. You are his. And and so this idea that he bought you at a price so you can do whatever you want. Nope. No. <laughs> it just doesn't quite fit. You know, if you if you redeem someone even if you bail someone out of jail, mm-hmm. there is no expectation that they're going to take off. You know, there are there are requirements for those for that redemption. There are requirements for that. Um, and you take responsibility for that. So when God's redeemed us, he's saying, you're my people. Now, here's some holiness instruction. So as we go into Revelation 9, um, I know, yes, I, I, I typed the wrong number in there. That was my bad. Um, it's fixed on mine, so it'll be on the, <laughs> on the recording that when I upload it. So, Revelation 9, and the fifth angel blew his trumpets, because we're in the trumpets now. So, remember the trumpets, we've left the throne room of God, and we're now down where the, the sea, which is the uh, realm between the, um, the throne room of God and the earth. And I think at the end of Revelation 8, we were going, with, where things that were happening were now starting to really affect the earth, you know, with the earthquakes and the different things. So, so we're kind of tra- in a transition here between um, the sea and, and the earth, but it's still happening in the sea. So the fifth angel blew his trumpet, and I saw a star fall from heaven to earth, and he was given the key to the shaft of the bottomless pit. Now, this is another situation where a star refers to a spiritual being. Okay, it's not like a star fell out of the sky and hit the earth. Because if a star did that, the earth would just completely be destroyed. <laughs> so so this isn't, you know, and it's not even like some heavenly phenomenon fell from the earth. He was given the key to the shaft of the bottomless pit, this star. Um, and... Uh, In the notes for the study that I was looking at, it says uh, out of the pit, we're going to be reading, come smoke and locusts, which are spiritual beings that are actually called Shadim in the Hebrew. There are other writings about these spiritual beings from the pit. So this isn't like some, oh, there's things in the pit. Uh, So verse two, he opened the shaft of the bottomless pit and from the shaft rose smoke like the smoke of a great furnace and the sun and the air were darkened and the smoke from the shaft. Then from the smoke came locusts on the earth, and they were given power, like the power of scorpions of the earth." Okay, so now, in Hebraic writings and in Hebraic understanding, demons are not angels. So all of the, t- oh, they're fallen angels. You know, there was a war, and these are the angels that, that, that there I is no- where
1: that came from, because it's not in the Bible. No, right.
0: no, and there is no context of that. Demons are actually a different type of spiritual beings, and um, they resemble humans, and we're going to get to some of these descriptions as we go in here, um, but they resemble humans, but they are not bound by the physical realm in the same way.
4: And what did you say? They're not, They're not
0: angels. Don't
3: they
2: get that?
4: Lucifer uh, uh, Lucifer
3: out uh, with he was, with the the ones angel, right? that was
0: It's like it? there's actually it's really interesting because there is a passage in one of the prophets that talks about that, but it is being written about the king of that time. So the Jewish people never understood it in the same way that a lot of Christians do with this big battle and and, you know, in heaven and all of these things. Um, and Paul references that there's spiritual warfare going on, but it's not, not, it's a, you know, the only thing we're supposed to do is resist the devil and he will flee. You know, if we resist the the the, the demons, there's no, there's nothing they can do to us um, if we don't let them. And so... Um, You know, what that particular, it's one of those things where that passage was taken out of prophecy in a particular context and put into this other context. And so, um, as we get going, we'll encounter some of the verses that are used to support that idea. But it is specifically talking about Lucifer. Mm -hmm. It is specifically talking about him being cast out. Um, And then another thing being, you know, and I would have to go look at it, but what is the actual word that's being translated angels? you know just like here we've got a star and it refers to a spiritual being and and so um but the jewish people never have taken that passage as this big battle in heaven that that we hear yeah. about you so know there, yeah, it's I mean it, that's what I said I, I have to go look
2: yeah, yeah
0: his, posse. his posse, yeah, yeah. and I mean, I've heard that expounded on to lengths to, to levels like which means there are only one third the number of demons that there are of, of God's angels, you know I mean, I've heard that that verse expounded upon to some really extreme doctrinal things where I'm going okay, I see where you got that, but I'm, I see where you got that, but I don't see where you got that. <laughs> It's like, I see how you're going there, but you're talking about that like it's fact and, and not just your logical following this out. Right. So, so in Hebraic writings, there, there is no concept of demons being fallen angels. They, they do not have the power, you know, that angels, they are not messengers of God, which is what angels means.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so they, they're, the understanding is that they are spiritual beings of a different type. They resemble humans, but they're not bound by the physical realm in the same way. Therefore, they appear angelic. So they can appear. Um, and it's really interesting because I was talking with someone um, the other day who has seen angels, and and I believe her story because she said when she saw it, she was terrified, as opposed to all of the people out there who are like, oh, yeah, I talked to my angel. You know, oh, I just said, hey, angel, I want to see you. And, oh, there was an angel there, and we chatted, and he told me all this stuff. And I'm like, no. No, every time in scripture someone sees an angel, they they, the angel has to say, Don't be afraid <laughs> because they're terrified. <laughs> yeah. Do you think it's because they, they
4: look bad physically or just that like
0: they're oh, I think it's because they're huge and they're spiritual and they're out of place in this realm. Yeah,
3: that's really Isn't I'm there thinking. a description with the foreheads and, you know, looking each way in well that's eyes. the four
0: creatures and 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 we those were actually those were in the chapter that didn't record <laughs> but we will come it. back to them also but but yes they're they and there are I think they say they look like a man a lot of the descriptions right. are like as a man with flowing hair and, and a sword and, and and they're huge and and they're they're imposing and they're coming from the throne room of God which means they've got that glow going on that like Moses when he came down you know there's but something that appears to you out of the spiritual realm in an angelic kind of way, you know, unexpected and very spiritual, looking more like a man, not so imposing, yeah, that would be a demon. Don't talk to it. You know? <laughs> Don't ask it for advice. Uh, so... Um, yeah, seriously. Now, what I found really interesting is that there there are writings, ancient writings about this, that say apparently demons do not have um, demons do not have access to Israel unless they find access through a portion of a sacrifice that is not completely burned. Wow! So that is that is the understanding of why that was so important. If the sacrifice was not completely burned. It allowed demons to have access. <laughs> <There>. <laughs> 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 They're all pointy. They're like, it's under there. Um, it's the that's right. With a big power, <laughs> so their power uh their power is greatest at night in the darkness, and um this is one of the reasons why no self respecting Jewish person will be out between like midnight and three because those are the hour those are the hours of the what you're all muffled
4: <laughs> okay.
0: Um, but those are the hours that the demons are given freedom to run around on the earth. You know, in the ancient understanding, the writings. Um, do, they,
2: do they like mess with you? Kind of usually when I've been just disturbed. I look up and I'm like, what time is it? It's like three.
0: Like, yeah, oh, I'm like, I, I find that, that people me. who people <laughs> a lot of times people will say, and I guess it's between. Midnight and five that you were not supposed to leave your house. It's a five-hour period. But between three and five is when most Christians will say that they are woken up to pray about things.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: So um, that is a very common... Between the hours of three and five are woken up to pray. In the morning, In the morning yes. Yes. Um, I know when I've had, had that res- that sleeplessness, it's almost always and between three and five.
2: Yeah, and sometimes I have to literally just... Okay, mm-hmm, and I just have to, like, pray and... And sometimes, yeah, I've had to just to get back to sleep. Yeah. I've had to pray just to be, Yeah. I'm like, I don't know what's wrong with me. Can you please help me go back to sleep? Yeah. Like, I'm literally like, well, <laughs> there has <been> <laughs>
0: and, that's, and that a lot of times is why, is that people are being woken to pray for things that are going on and pray for people. and, See, and I never knew. Yeah. I was yeah. Just like, I just want to sleep. Like, um.
1: she, like she told me at the, at the other house, she goes, Mommy, sometimes God... Just he his hand down and grabs me by the waist and shakes me to wake me up, and he tells me to pray. So I get out of bed, and I turn on my light, and I pray what he told me to pray, and then I turn off my light, and I go back to sleep. Yes. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> you're fine. <laughs> that's, where you,
0: that's where you go, gift of intercessory pray. let's go. Let's go. So one of the things that I thought was really fascinating um, is that according to the Talmud, demons can reproduce and be killed.
3: Really?
0: Yes. So that is one of the things that's kind of important because angels cannot...
4: Reproduce?
0: ...or be killed.
2: Interesting.
0: So if there's this eternal battle between beings that can't be killed
2: yeah they got nothing
0: to lose yeah they're just you know then it's just becomes this you know tag yeah you're it ha ha we won that battle run away you know it's it's yeah, the, really as opposed to god has won the battle you know god has you know the, there's a time limit on these creatures there's there's a there's a li- there's an end game here um, and their purpose because Everything exists to serve God's greater purpose, and their purpose is uh, for the punishment of the wicked. And so and
4: where did the demons come from? Did Satan create them? Um, or th- or? There is some really
0: interesting stuff that they link to that talks about ideas behind that. That apparently they were they were created at the very last moment before it became that first Sabbath. Mm-hmm and therefore the existence that they were in when Sabbath began was where they stayed. So they were not fully formed, and therefore they, they were not fully formed people, therefore they stayed, stayed spiritual beings. I mean, was, I don't know, but it was just really fascinating to read some of the different writings and some of the different ideas, you know, that, that, um, and, I, and I think that that kind of makes very clear that, that we don't know. And so a lot of the teachings that are all factual about it you know, you got to step back and go. I just
4: assumed they came from, you know, when Satan fell. Yeah. And, and his posse fell with him.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. And and you know, and I and I don't I don't know, but I think mm-hmm. that it's really I think that these are interesting. It's a very definitely a very different and interesting thought about them than than we typically encounter. So. Mm-hmm. Um, so they were given power, like the power of scorpions on the earth, which a friend of mine just got stung by a scorpion this last week and it was, <laughs> it was oh. horrifying. She was, she, she was using a towel and it was inside the towel and it stung her like at the top of her thigh and, and uh, yeah, Madonna. Yeah. So she shows my hairdresser and she, we were going over for some, her to do someone's hair and she showed up and she's like, okay, I'm here. My Right side of my face is numb, but we're, <laughs> we're gonna go for it. I'm like, well, if you start chopping funny, just stop, you know. <laughs> but but she, yeah, it was really it was really intense. So, and and Bill's Bill was stung like you know, got inside of his pants, and so while he's taking his pants off, it's like stinging him on the way down, and it was just ridiculously horrible. So, yeah, even if it's just the the power of a regular scorpion, ew, you know that that's not not good. So verse. 4 four they were told not to harm the grass of the earth or any green plant or any tree, which um, the last couple of chapters we've talked about, those are references to the holy people, the righteous people, the people who are growing like a shoot in the wilderness, the, the people who have, are on the path of God, but only those people who do not have the seal of God on their foreheads. Okay, so that that's kind of confirmation that that's the right reading of what the tree and the grass and stuff are. So you can't—they can't harm God's people, but you know those not God's people. Have at it. Have at it. Free game. Yeah, they were allowed to torment them for five months, which um, goes back to like I was saying between noon and and five or midnight and five a.m. Um, there's a lot of reference. Uh, for, five months, um, John gives no definite definitive reason for the time periods of the five months, but the study that I was looking at said an educated guess would be that it may be the five months between the first month of Nisan, which is the month of the spring feast, and the seventh month of Tishrei for the fall feast. Or another possible starting point is that it takes them up to the beginning of Nisan, because according to the Zohar, this is the month where evil is, or that it, another, I'm sorry, another possible starting point is the beginning of Nisan. Because the Zohar said this is the month where evil is let loose in the world. So that's the month for uh, Passover. So we just had it. So when this happens, it's, it's a, a good educated guess would be that it starts at the beginning of Nisan when evil is let loose. And then it would go till the beginning of the month of Tishrei when the fall festivals come, which would be a picture of, you know, Messiah's return. All of these things are happening. So, so this last five months, um, these things are happening. And it says, and in those, d- oh, but not to kill them. So they can torment them for five months, but not kill them. And their torment was like the torment of a scorpion when it stings someone. Wow. And in those days, a people, and, and, you know, not scorpions don't kill everybody they sting.
4: No. It it's just
0: it hurts really bad. It's a burning that's just really intense.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and some people die, but not everybody. So this isn't like, you know, God's wiping out death. It's it's a it's a, it is a torment. And in those days people will seek death and will not find it. They mm-hmm. will long to die, but death will flee from them. Are they literally just being
4: tortured?
0: Yes. 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 That's and and keeping in mind that this is the culmination of all life events up to this, so it's not like um, it's not like what we're dealing with in the Book of Revelation is the whole world's going around being all good and holy and nice and clean and and fantastic, and then God's letting loose this ripping torment. This is. The earth, you know, as in the days of Noah, it's getting more and more sinful and more and more sinful and more and more sinful, and, and God's holding back these things. And then God says, you know what, it's time. They've been given opportunity after opportunity. At this point, their last chance is going to be to experience the punishments that I've been holding back from them in the hope that they will cry out to him in the midst of them. Because if you, you know, this is going on, the people who love God not experiencing it. So there, there's, you know, if you're sitting there and you're enduring this kind of torment and you're looking around, it's kind of like the exodus with the people in Goshen. If you're looking around going, how come those people over there aren't being tormented like this? What's going on with you? Why aren't you enduring this? Well, we love God. You know, we've got, we've got our salvation assured. We, we love Messiah. We're studying his word then they go, okay, I'm going to come over with you and avoid this torment. Or they go, ah, it's probably your fault. And they, you know, go back to being tormented. I mean, it's it's not like there's no choice involved here. It's not like it's set in stone that you're going to have to endure this and there's no way of escape. So in appearance, the locusts were like horses. Um... Oh, oh, this is interesting. On verses four to six, the Zohar actually taught that it was through the study of Torah that Israel was kept safe from the efforts of Satan, of HaSatan. So, um, you know, so that that, that was, as, as long as Israel was studying Torah, they didn't have to, they were kept safe from different things and different attacks, which we see over and over in, you know, in the books of Kings and, and such. So, verse 7, in appearance, the locusts were like horses prepared for battle. On their heads were what looked like crowns of gold. Their faces were like human faces, their hair like women's hair, and their teeth like lion's teeth. Imagine that. Yeah. I Uh, I know. Yeah. It's it's the The scorpion. The the vampires. vampires. Yeah. Well, what it is...
1: Vampire
0: centaurs. <laughs> keep it. Keep in mind here that the four the creatures who had the different face yeah. and had the different appearance um, were a combination of different things symbolically, and this is actually references to to different types of demons that were written about in ancient writings. So it's kind of like a culmination of all of these things. It's not a creature that looks like this so much as it is a spiritual creature that is a combination of these different types Super demons. Of demons, yes. So if the tail is moving ahead, then it's going to be functioning as this type of demon. If the if the hair is what you're encountering, it's this type of demon. So it's it you know you got to remember this is a spiritual being. It's not you know it's not some mythological creature running across the beach. It's you know as you're seeing uh, you're I like seeing. My vampire <laughs> <laughs> so um, yes. It's much more interesting to read about that way. It's much less scary to think of, to think of this. Um, where is the note on this? Doo, doo, doo. Um, the Zohar actually talks about the about creatures that were like horses that were active upon the earth. And um, let's see, verse nine to, or chapter, um, and the let me see. Here. Okay. <laughs> they had breastplates like breastplates of iron and the noise of their wings was like the noise of many chariots with horses rushing into battle. Wow. So they're flying Whoa. Centaur's, Yeah. They're they're Pegasus Centaurs. <laughs> <laughs> they're <pires>. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's right. The Zohar the Zohar refers to them like horses when they are active on the earth. Um, so it says Samael and all his groups, or Haseitan and all his groups. These are like clouds to ride upon when he descends to earth. They are like horses. And Joel talks about, you know, the destroying locusts and um, and, uh, let's see. So, so there, yeah, so it's, but, and, and this is a very powerful thing that's going on. This is a very large demonic effort. Um, so verse 10, they have tails and stings like scorpions and their power to hurt people fight for five months is in their tails. They have as king over them, the angel of the bottomless pit. His name in Hebrew is Abaddon, and in Greek, he is called Apollyon. Apollyon.
2: There's actually an angel. Destruction. Yes. Oh, destroying,
0: destruction. Yeah, it it is. And the destroying angel is actually all over Hebraic literature as God's angel, his his agent of harsh judgment. So the previous spirits that came out, the smoke and the, um, what was the other thing, the where it is, the smoke and the, um, and the locusts, though, was referenced to different types of demons, so now we've got, you know, and then we've got this culmination and combination of this demonic forces, and now the one, we find out that the one who is over them is this destroying angel, and this was, and, and this, this creature is the, so they were the, they were the forces, the smoke and the locusts are historically understood to be God's, forces of judgment,
4: mm-hmm.
0: but the destroying angel is the agent of harsh judgment. So we're escalating
4: So he's not here. on their side, he is he's over them. to be over them.
0: He is over them. He is the spiritual force that is over them. Okay. They go out and, and take out judgments, but when harsh judgment is needed, mm-hmm. he, he, he goes out. He's like the general. Oh, the
1: Greek god of death.
0: Yes. I didn't know that. So, um, <clears throat> Now, what was really interesting is in all of this ancient Hebraic literature that the destroying angel is all over, uh, the destroyer does not harm the one who has God's mark upon him. And this was a great quote. This is from the Zohar in Bereshith, section one, page 104a. And it says, we have thus been taught that when the Holy One loves a man, he sends him a present in the shape of a poor man so that he should perform some good deed to him through the merit of which he shall draw to himself a cord of grace from the right side, which we've talked about the right side being God's mercy and the left side being judgment. So, so when this, you know, and Paul talks about the angels unaware. So when, when God sees this mercy in you, when God um, loves you, he sends a poor person to you for you to show kindness to. And in that act of kindness, you grab hold of a, a cord from the right side of God's mercy. And it says, through the merit of which he shall draw to himself a cord of grace from the right side, which shall wind round his head and imprint a mark on him, so that when punishment falls on the world, the destroyer, raising his eyes and noticing the mark, will be careful to avoid him and leave him alone. So if you don't want to be bothered by the destroying angel, show kindness to people.
1: Poor people especially. Poor
0: people especially. If they come to you. If they come to yeah that doesn't yeah because the guy on the st- side of the street with a sign isn't necessarily poor but but
1: the guy in the homeless shelter but the guy is in the homeless
0: shelter is <laughs> or the guy that you encounter somewhere unexpected or um where just randomly
2: I was the somewhere just one just come off was I don't yeah, I did the McDonald's. Obviously and homeless guy. Totally unexpected. Home. He yeah. wasn't like running up on people, and I did and I went over and I said, I just wanted to give it to you. Yeah. Well,
0: Fiat, yeah, yeah. can I brag on you for a minute? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> um years ago when we were downtown for some homeschool event at the Symphony or, or, or whatever at that in so that area. Ballet. Yeah, yeah, the ballet, but it's at Symphony Hall. And we went down to Baja Fresh for lunch afterwards and there were just the homeless people this is before they cleaned up downtown and got all the homeless I don't know where they put the homeless people but they're not down there so much anymore but there were like these three guys sitting out on the bench you know clearly homeless and had their bag of their stuff with them and not clean and you know they're just just sitting there they weren't doing anything just hanging out on the bench and so Fiona's like we need to feed them so we went inside and bought meals for them and took them out and they were like Real, oh, thank thank you. You know, and, and they started eating them up, and you know, so that that's yes, that's the response we're supposed to have, and and it's also. I mean, you may not be in the position, you may not have the money with you to do that, or you may not. You know, we just happened to that day, and but you can be kind to them. Yeah. You know, yeah. you can.
1: I used to buy a you know three dollar case of water bottles, and just keep it in my car, and whenever I'd see people on the side of the road, I'd hand them water bottles.
0: Yeah. You know, at
1: least, at least it's water.
0: Right. Yeah. If you're gonna stand out here, or the McDonald's
1: thing. It was a McDonald's going through a drive-thru. I'm like a dollar burger.
0: Right. Right. I just
1: felt the need, and I, I roll it down. And, this is for you. And he's like, okay.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah. Well, and so, so this is. I mean, this is because what does God say? His true religion is to show mercy and to take care of the widow and the orphan and the poor. You know, what is he, in Micah, what is he mad at the priest for? Saying that there's not enough while they're taking everything. Mm-hmm. You know, so, um, so, you know, this, this is why we, d- this is not supposed to be scary. You know, this is, this is not, God's children aren't supposed to read the book of Revelation and be terrified. We're supposed to go, oh, I must remember to show kindness. You know, I must remember to do these things. So verse 12 says, The first woe has passed. Behold, two woes are still to come. Yeah, but well, you're about to find out. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you my you <laughs> well, you got.
0: well, and that's, that's the whole point of it. This is, this is very, very definitely, um, and in fact, one of, the, one of the notes that I read, I think I copied it, and we're going to get down to this in just a minute, is that this is very much that measure-for-measure measure punishment. This is not you don't deserve it and God's just smacking you down. Um, this is that these things have been held back, to give you the opportunity to not endure them, you have insisted and persisted in your sin and you, in your rejection of God, and he's done holding them back.
1: It's the difference between somebody who does isn't quite sure what I think of this God thing and somebody who actively just doesn't want to be with God.
0: Right. Or who, regardless of what they say, lives a life that is absolutely disregarding of God. And this is where... I, I, don't, I can't do a long story... I don't know. I'll, I'll talk to you afterwards. Um, you know, this is, this is very definitely, uh, you know, people, and, and I, I'm not gonna say, you know, everybody who calls themselves a Christian is going to not have this happen because I've known people who call themselves Christians who would spit on a homeless person,
4: mm-hmm.
0: you know? So I think this is where, but, but I also know people who wouldn't call themselves Christians who show that love. Mm-hmm. And show that kindness, and and maybe just never really encountered a presentation of the gospel that made sense to them, or for whatever reason were turned off to it because of, crazy, yeah, because yeah, because the people telling them were crazy and they couldn't they couldn't listen, and and this is where, you know, and keeping in mind also that we have these different presentations, these these different pictures of judgment. You know, there's the judgment of Israel and all of those who have attached themselves to Israel and who know they're part of Israel, which is essentially you're in the book of the righteous and you don't face judgment. And then there is, you know, the, the judgment of the nations where he's, that's, that's the sheep and the goat judgments. When God says, you know, he called, Yeshua was talking about on the day that the nations are called before God. All the not Israel people you aren't expected to know better because they're all called before God. And he says, okay, you, your sheep, go over here. Your, your goats, you go over here. Sheep, you get to go into the kingdom. Goats, you go into destruction. And the sheep go, when, when did we do these things that made us sheep? We didn't know we were sheep. And he says, when you loved the least of these, you did it to me. And they're like, oh, because <laughs> they didn't know they were doing that. And the, the goats go, well, when didn't we do these things? Because when you didn't do it to the people, you didn't, you didn't do it to me. So, so there is definitely this kingdom a lot bigger than what we realize. And this, this you know, there, there is a different handling of those who understand that they are part of Israel versus those who are part of the nations and don't understand. And, you know, I was actually talking with, with a friend and a while back, and they were saying, I get so frustrated when Christians are talking about that sheep and goats. And, and I'm like, don't you understand that that's for the nations, and you're part of Israel? And I said, but wait a second, not all Christians understand they're part of Israel. That may be their judgment. So if they're living like the sheep, they're going to be fine. <laughs> I'm not worried about them. But they might, they might, yeah, that might be when they go before the Lord. I'm okay with that, because if you're living like the sheep, you're going to be fine. But these are those times, I think that these are the kind of judgment things that are going to start, because if you're in the undecided, if you're in the, we don't necessarily haven't committed to God, but we aren't really against him, these are the kinds of things that are supposed to be driving you to one side or the other. These are the, the you, know, you know, wow, over in Goshen, they have light. You know, over in Goshen, they're not getting stung by these locusty-beasty things with scorpion stings. So, verse 13, then the sixth angel blew his trumpet, and I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar before God. Um, Again, this, the reference to the four, um, you know, the the four corners of the altar, symbolic of the four corners of the earth, so from every direction. This is, this is everywhere. Saying to the sixth angel who had the trumpet, release the four angels who are bound at the great river Euphrates. Um, in various different midrashes that they had in there, the Euphrates is connected to Babylon. It's connected to Edom, Edom and Rome. Um, drinking from it is symbolic of drinking of the sins of the nations. Um, so not, not a good thing. So there are four angels bound at that river. So the four angels who had been prepared for the hour, the day, the month, and the year, were released to kill a third of mankind.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: As a lot of people. Like a yeah, play, which
2: people, I mean, could have <laughs> um, yeah, been good, could
0: have
2: been bad. It just says of mankind.
0: Of mankind, I'm trying to. I would, I would, I would bet because we have. We, because we under, we've lo- referenced the uh, destroying angel and the God's people being protected, that, this isn't, that we've now moved into the, what happens to the not protected. That would be my, my reading of this, my guess of this. I don't know. I mean, at the very least, if you die, you know you're going to be with the Lord. But if the destroying angel is going to see the mark on you and avoid you previously, I would bet that this is the same thing. Um not, we Yeah, if not, we'll, yeah. If not yeah. we'll be fine. We'll be dead. Yeah. So the number of mounted troops was twice 10,000 times 10,000. Well,
1: that's those horse things again.
0: Yes, I heard their number. And this is how I saw the horses in my vision and those who rode them. They wore breastplates the color of fire and of sapphire and of sulfur, and their heads of the horses were like lions' heads, and fire, and smoke, and sulfur came out of their mouths. By these three plagues, a third of mankind was killed by the fire, and smoke, and sulfur coming out of their mouths. For the power of the horses is in their mouths and in their tails, for their tails are like serpents with heads, and by means of them they wound.
1: The plagues are fire, smoke, and sulfur?
0: Yes. But sulfur or smoke we already saw is is symbolic of a demonic force. So is it literal smoke and sulfur and fire? I don't know. Is it something that's going to manifest in that way for us? I don't know. Is it just these three different types of demons that we don't know enough to study to know what those things connect to? I don't know. But it's gonna be bad. <laughs> a third of mankind's gonna die. Um, and it, one of the things they had in the note was that the idea of the heads and the tails of the horses in, ver- in these verses represents the linkage of the various grades of angels and demons all working in one accord. So again, this is, this is different types of demons all coming together to join forces to go out and, and reap this destruction. Um, Verse 20, the rest of mankind who were not killed by these plagues did not repent of their works, which tells me that this is, again, that we are dealing with those who don't have God's mark on them because this is for the purpose of repenting. So the rest of mankind did not repent of their works of their hands, nor give up worshiping demons and idols of gold and silver and bronze and stone and wood, which cannot see or hear or walk. Nor did they repent of their murders, or their sorceries, or their sexual immorality, or their thefts.
4: Even if they see, I and mean, they have to see that people were dying. That,
0: yeah. Because
4: they may not see the direct link. but they may be right. angry. That, it has to be yeah. like bleeding on I know Because I third so. have uh, killed all around you. Uh,
0: well, and this, okay, this was where... Yeah, <laughs> well, and this was, where, this was where some of the really fascinating notes that i I, when i was going through i was like oh this is awesome um the idea of bowing down before demons and idols does not necessarily mean the primitive act of worshiping a physical or a carved statue okay so it's not like we're waiting for that to be reinstituted you know there there's not some oh people are bowing down to you know statues again now we know we're really heading towards the end they actually do that in a lot of the world already they do exactly they do do that But involvement with anything spiritual that does not correspond to Torah opens the door to the unleashing of demons, as seen in this chapter. So it's really about worshiping as in, I lay before you today two paths. Torah that leads to life, everything else that leads to death. Mm -hmm. You pick. Okay, so if you reject Torah and you pick the death path, Mm -hmm. you're on the death path. Um, But John's mention of gold, silver, brass, etc. has a mystical connection to the demonic pit, which is linked to Gehenna or hell itself. And they said, author Zev bin Shimon Halevi describes this pit as having seven levels to it. So it's like the evil counterpart to heaven, which had the seven uh, levels to it as well. But concerning the occupants of this pit and its levels, this is what he says. They are confined under the greatest concentration of laws in the universe, constraining them from being too dangerous to themselves and to the cosmos. Thus, they are imprisoned, we are told, in one of the seven palaces of impurity, while their impurities are melted, burned, and blasted away like metals under a process of elemental and chemical refinement. Indeed, the symbology of the metallic and mineral realms is used to explain Uh, the qualities of hell with its sometimes slow and sometimes violent methods of extreme pressure, heat, cold, and geological eons of time. This is another reason hell is placed beneath the earth. So what is in hell? Not people. These creatures. And these creatures are, are... Referenced as gold and silver and bronze and stone and wood because you know they're down there waiting and being you know being refined and for this moment and 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 so they're worshiping those demons that are actually in hell they are worshiping those forces that are anti God they are worshiping those those teachings that are anti God and. They had, um, in, these, in this section, John associates the five categories of sins with the plague of demons that was brought forth. And specifically, he mentions idolatry, murder, sorcery, um, whoredom, or sexual sins, and theft, all of which ancient writings reference to being the things that were going on in the days of Noah, that these were the sins that were coming to a head and climaxing Um, at that time, which is all the reference, you as in the days of Noah, these things are going to happen. Um, idolatry, and these were some of the notes that they had on there. Idolatry, although all forms of idolatry are bad, when people go from worshiping the higher angels or men, which are close to God, to the lowest demons, which is what we see here, they're actually worshiping the evil, which are far from God, this is considered a further indication of their decayed spiritual state. Um... Murders, since demons live and die, one belief is that shed human blood empowers them. So when you're committing murder, you're actually giving power to the demonic. You're actually opening up channels for them to work in the world. And, and they had an interesting note in here, um, which has, and this has always, I've always made note of this and gone, that's so fascinating, but any of the movies you watch about, like, the Nazis and the occult, and, and so the suggestion being that the mass amounts of murders that they were committing were being fueled by the occult, which were fueling the occult, and that that was their love of that. Um, Indiana Jones, you know, where they're going after the mm-hmm. Ark. Uh, but even, what was that, Captain America, you know, where, where they're going in there and, and they're all into the occult. Um, in the Elizabethan age, apparently Queen Elizabeth was super into the occult. And and so were a lot of the, the people who were in, in you know in the head. I had to read a book for that in one of my English history classes at one point. It was actually called the occult philosophy of the Elizabethan age, you know. And so at different times, this there's been this combination and war and stuff that goes hand in hand with this. Um, sorcery involves tapping into the powers of what is beyond the purely physical realm, specifically uh, to the world of of you know, the sea, the etsira, in a way that's not approved by God. So if God gives you a gift where you have these things, where you can see these things, where you know these things, and you're using it according to his purposes, that's one thing. You start wanting some power and tapping into it and using it to kind of channel things, That that's not good. Um, and, uh, doing things including the use of drugs you know the psychotropic drugs that that oh you got to open your mind to the spiritual you know uh, spiritual incantations and psychic powers um Hordham, i'm actually pretty sure
1: that the things that my friend saw when she was on acid was probably something like that
0: oh absolutely absolutely and she would
1: she would be fine and then she would be terrified and she would say that they were coming after her and stuff like that but yeah what she described was very
0: <laughs> Very this like. <laughs> Not uh,
1: yeah. what I would have seen. Yeah. You know what what, I mean? that,
3: what's that one it's, 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 it's like a, a tree bark. bark. It was, it was, it was a yeah, we documentary. There. Oh. There's a documentary of like some, it's it's some like country a that also. just hacks out a tree and then boils it in water and it kind of releases the properties in that tree bark. And then when you drink it,
2: it's like Is
3: like
2: they say
3: spiritual. Yeah, they say it's like a spiritual type
0: thing, but is that <laughs> demonic yeah, that, or that's not? Yeah, oh, that would be demonic. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. They say they
3: could just see a whole bunch of, and none
0: of them have negative. Because they're doing it to tap into the spiritual. Yes,
2: yeah, so they're. Yeah, they're going into. The spiritual.
0: You know, I think it. I think it's one thing. I mean, if you, I think that there's. I think that there are sometimes medications that you're given that cause hallucinations or whatever but and you're given them for medical reasons and and who knows if that's real or not. But then there's the I'm taking this drug in order to tap into and I think that that's that's different. You know, if you're taking something to expand your spiritual mind or whatever, you know, all the 70s transcendental meditation stuff and, you know, that was similar drugs, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> So then there's whoredom, or sexual sin, and this, this was fascinating. Illicit sexual activity is associated in Kabbalistic writings as actually creating demons. So, uh, and, and they said, note how many Torah commands deal with sex, from adultery to homosexuality to incest to bestiality, and how these merit the death penalty. Because we've talked about that, how you know, it's not just don't do these things. You know, a lot of them are, and if you do this, you die. And and this is a suggestion as to why that might be, because those activities actually create the opportunity for the creation of demons.
3: Do you know how many demons were created?
0: <laughs> like Lots.
3: They like, terribly sexually...
0: Oh, yes.
1: Psycho. Yes, because yes. Those particular rules aren't, aren't broken as much as the other stuff.
0: Well, and there's there's a lot of...
1: Right, that's, that's not, but the, it was direct, I mean, you're talking about the ones directly addressed. Yeah, the ones that, don't, sleep, ones with that's, your mother, oh, don't those, sleep with your brother, do yeah. whatever, don't sleep with animals.
0: Right, don't, and don't, because, don't, and he yeah. does say in those passages, he says, this is what they do in the pagan nations, you're not to be a pagan nation. And, and, you know, this is why, that would make sense, why the land's crying out, seriously, this is being done on our soil. This is, this is, we are not the place for this, um. You know, it's kind of like you tell your children, I don't care what they're doing in the house down the street. You're my child. You're not going to do that. And, and but, it, and I, you know, is this why? I don't know. But I think it's a fascinating thought because it does, it, it is a very harsh thing that some of, you know, the bestiality and the such. You die and the beast dies. And we were saying, well, why the beast? Well, it ma- well it because it was main. Well, also maybe because that's how you dies. fix this. You know, that's how you stop this. That's how you prevent this. Um, and then theft, they're, in their comments, they're like, it might seem odd that after all of these big things, theft is tacked on at the end, you know, as though, as though and don't rob, you know. But they had a couple of quotes, and, and I thought this was really fascinating, from different Talmudic commentary. To rob a fellow man, even of the value of a pruta, or a very small amount, is like taking away his life. Or uh, rain is withheld only because of the sin of violent robbery. Ordinary robbery is worse than the robbery of the Most High. And, and then they made note, and I went, well, duh. Even Yom Kippur could not bring atonement for theft unless the thief made things right with his victim. So you could not go into Yom Kippur and be reconciled to God if you had robbed someone and not restored it. That sin would not be covered. So, so I think that there may be an expression of love your neighbor as yourself There, you know, and the idea that if we're all created in the image of God, then how we treat each other is how we're treating God. And you can't go around robbing from each other and thinking that God's okay with that.
1: So things done when you were a minor. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Um, I think that that's before you were held accountable. Okay. (laughs) But depending on what it is, you might ask God if you're supposed to reconcile it somehow. Depending on who it's to or what the issue was, I don't know. I, don't, I wouldn't say a blanket one way or the other, but I'd say work it out with God, and he'll let you know.
3: And that encompasses all robbing money, robbing someone
0: it's,
3: just, it's not just um,
0: money. Right. Robbing, yeah, robbing. Well, the, that kinds of thing, that is definitely bad, but I do think that this is specifically things, because you can't restore the other things. The other things you can repent of. Yeah, but t- but you can't restore it. So, so, and I think that that's where sexual sins and murder and other things come into play. But, but the robbing the stuff, no. you've got to return it. You know, you've got to restore it. Even if it's just you accidentally ate the bread that was not intended for you. You've got to restore it plus whatever, you know, plus the extra. So, you know, and obviously we live in a world as in the days of Noah where these things are <laughs> just rampant. You know, I wouldn't recommend googling them, but if you did, you would find all sorts of <laughs> all sorts of proof should you need it that uh, that this is the stuff going on. So, um, and then that's that's the end of our chapter. Um, not nearly as scary as other ways that I've heard taught about those beasts and and a third of all mankind. You better run. Or, or thank goodness we're not going to be there. To which I say, well, then why does it have to say that those with the mark of God are exempt? Yeah,
4: we to be there. Yeah. We're going to be looking around, going, "I'm not leaving the house." Be there. Right. <laughs> it's safe here.
0: But also keeping in mind that we're still in that we're in the sea and seeing what's going to happen. There, there may not be any visual of these creatures.
1: No, I don't mean that. I mean right. like uh, if a bunch of a third of the world is dying and this stuff is running completely rampant. I'm going to stay in my house.
0: And and yeah, I would say I don't know. I I don't, but I don't know that I mean I'm not saying it's already happening, but I'm not saying we would notice it any more than what is happening. Yeah. You know, think about how many mass shootings we've had in the last year. Bombings. bombings, you know, to the point where, and and one of my friends was saying that that her children were like, me, her 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 daughter was like, oh well, it's been a month since something like that happened. I figured we were due for it, and her son was like, oh, another one. It's so common yeah. that yeah, it just, it's so common that people are kind of, not
2: insensitive to um, it too. Yes, like they had this thing. I was just randomly on Facebook and had these two girls talking about laughing in Boston. And uh, one of them, what did she say? She goes, oh, I heard the people at the Miracle had a blast.
0: And then oh, the other
2: girl yeah. goes, yeah, I heard it was the bomb. And I'm like, are y'all serious?
0: Yeah, this is yuck. You just, Ew.
2: And so a guy came and all on. Yeah. And yeah. the guy came on and he goes, you know, I don't I don't think this is right what you guys are doing because this was a great blast. And only one of the girls like had commented after him and she goes, Wow, only three people. That's not a great loss like that. I'm like,
4: but if that would have been your loss,
2: right? Right. Well, I think it's
0: it's evidence that a lot more people have to die for us to take it seriously. I also think about
1: the fact that we're in the U.S. and we haven't had a lot of this. I mean, think of all the people in the '80s who grew up in Ireland Mm -hmm. and all the stuff that was in all the other countries where war is normal way of life. Right, and we're just experiencing little blips. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's you know. just
2: that, was sad. Like, it is. that it's sad. How things keep happening and how the youth are just
0: completely Well and this is just this, just, this is so the so thing. So take that, throw in all of the increases in you know, tragedies in earthquakes and you know the different and and whether, whether we're having more or less or whatever, I don't know. I'm just saying I don't know that we would necessarily look at these things because as we keep going, what you're going to find is the reaction of the majority of the people these things are happening to is increased apathy. And, and as we get into it, 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 it's a really odd thing because we're reading all these things happening. And so we can, we start predicting, oh, people are going to be making choices. People are going to be getting on board with God. Or people are going to be really dividing. And what we actually find is that they're like, eh, mm-hmm.
4: whatever. I think, if it's, I think if something really devastating happened to you in your life, like what happened to me with my son, mm-hmm. like I can't say before my son died that I was, as sensitive, as I should have been, but after, I was, like, super heightened in that way. Right, right. If I hear about a murder, you know, our first thing I would go to thinking about is the mother and father, Mm -hmm. you know, because I know how I Right.
0: Well, and that's, and that's the thing. These things happen individually to people now, and it causes those reactions. So basically, that is what's going to be heightened. You know, it's the, it's the impact that is going to get more intense. It's the, it's the number of people who are going to be having similar reactions. Mm -hmm. And, and when people go through those tragedies now, they have that, you know, they either turn to God and, and look to him for comfort, or they blame him. You know, but, but there might be some people
4: like you say the two girls like if somebody brought that to attention. Hey, that was somebody's loved one,
0: right? You know, do you love your
4: mother? Do you love your sister right. or brother? What if it had? had
0: and yet, been our, them? and that person
4: would go. oh, And I'm yet, sorry, the, I never thought. I think That's
0: the young generation.
4: Says, oh, so what? They
0: yeah, I think the young generation today is just more apathetic. Like whatever, yeah. you know, yeah. wasn't my school, wasn't my parent, whatever.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: Right, and that's that's what that's the attitude that we're going to start reading about, you know, in the coming chapters. Is the whatever, you know,
2: but
4: you know what? about just that
0: a scorpion sting? You know,
4: when, you know, when my son died, the Titanic was out, and someone took me to see it. Just, I guess, trying to turn me aboard. Just yeah. they picked the I wrong movie. Yeah, in the, yeah, and the <laughs> was fine. I'm sitting there with them watching my son. Yeah. There maybe just a couple of weeks ago. Then then I'm don't sitting don't there watch watching it. There. And then at the end, I could I hardly it. stand it. I wanted yeah. to run out of the theater when all those people were dying yeah. in the water. Yeah, I just wanted to run somewhere. I just didn't want to be there. And I knew they did it in Goodwill, you know, right? You know, right. You know, like oh, you let's just go, go to a movie. This, this one's out. One's <laughs> out. <laughs> and I'm just streaming
3: with tears. Um, oh, you know, like, I can't. I
0: can't, can't deal can't, with this. I can't this. even I don't take think what people did
4: true. jokes about that.
3: But I you know, you know what? Like what Tony's comment reminds me of is. Um, Mm -hmm. is just how, like, messed up and demonic our music industry is. And so, like, a lot of people, like, well, just this generation coming in 25 and under, they're just really into this, like, occultic-type symbolism. And you got their favorite stars that they follow taking... Baths and blood, and
0: yeah. they have. Yeah, Angelina stage Jolie stage does they, some really scary yeah, stuff. And <laughs> really a lot of, she like husband well, husband. she used to. I don't know if she okay, does, she does she anymore, does
3: but. Yeah. Beyonce has yeah. people on crosses, and then you just have these people who who just like completely just eat that up. Like it's the best. And then not case. even a right.
1: You have the, the lack of. Chris Brown and Rihanna, we're rooting for you. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Why? Why? Right.
1: After all of that, and like nobody cares all about all of that. No. Right? Yeah. They just want the.
2: Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yes. Justin Bieber went and visited because of his high status. He got to sign the guest book there.
4: Where
3: at,
2: at the Anne Frank, Frank Memorial? You know, oh, wow. the, the yeah, uh-huh. Yeah. why does I mean, Justin
0: Bieber have high status? That's what I... Because, yeah. Okay, but... But I mean, yeah. And in
2: it, blah, 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 I only wish you could be a believer. A believer? Yeah, that That's his saying, if you're a believer, you're wow. one of his followers. In the end, really? How arrogant of you, oh you little my god. Prick. Oh my gosh, that's bad.
0: Oh yeah.
3: Yeah. yeah. He has also has a cultic aspect to him. You don't know. He's
2: like, very he's confused. confused.
0: Yeah. And he's immature and doesn't really have but guidance you know it I sounds saying. but he,
2: he, he thinks he's an old And kids follow that
3: and then that want to be that and then they end up having said, all
2: this stuff. I saying.
0: Right. Right. We were kids. We were
2: we were 9-11, mm-hmm. and we were talking about it, and I came home, and, and you know, all that was going on, right? And we were I felt like in that, in that moment we were jerks, and like our teacher should have told us, but she was so shocked. But we were all sitting there in class, they're wheeling in TVs, so they are like, oh my gosh, there's like literally no class going on, like everything's kind of stopped. Yeah. But as kids, because I was like a senior in high school trying to finish, Oh, she's and so young. Um, <laughs> and oh, and I, the first thing that came to our minds, we, we looked at our teacher and we were like, so what do we do about our stock market project?
0: <laughs> Who right, that? right, like, right.
2: Now I can just slap myself, but then it was a big deal because I wanted to graduate and I. Right. Thought, Oh my God! This is happening, and for whatever reason, my little self, turkey self, was because, like, "Because, you know, because we're young people like are like selfish. Like that's that's, their, that's their, their only
0: perspective, normal, right? Right? right. That was horrible. And so those situations grow you yeah. up. You know, right?
2: I did ask my teacher the same questions as everyone else, right? And I thought these girls are just as horrible, but they're doing
1: it they publicly. Right? Like, that's I the thing about the internet. Yeah, nothing's private. But see, that's
4: what I'm talking about. If somebody would have brought it to your attention say you're worried about a stock market pilot? Do you realize what just happened? And people, Elijah's loss, and people she lost. Did, and she just looked at us and was like, that. we'll worry about it later. And then and she would have been, you probably yeah. would have felt
2: sensitive, like, oh, wow. I mean, I, I did. I thought it was horrible, but for whatever reason, I guess because it's just me, how it affects me, you. Being in school, I was in a school frame of mind. Right. And right. I'm like, right.
0: What? Right. And then
2: all of a sudden we just thought, but when, but when I got home and was talking to you about it, it right. like when I started talking and, and, they, and then they showed the second plane and yeah. stuff like right. that, and then I was just, you know, I mean, it didn't hit me, but at the right. same time I had that yeah. that split moment oh, yeah. where I went, what about myself? You well, and that's pretty But I think does this that's... How affect me is a very normal yeah. question for people to ask,
1: period, when it comes yeah. to anything right. like that. How does this affect me? Well, in that moment, that affected you by it might affect your schooling. Mm-hmm. How does this affect me? Oh, there's... I was thinking about how does this affect me because I worked for a bank and you know, they were shutting down lots of government things. And right. also, how does this affect me? Oh, my brother lives right across the street from the Pentagon. Well, yeah. and I think, you know, I think that natural, with this... It's a very normal human thing. It's oh, just okay. the ability to go... Be well, and there. I
0: think that's the thing. If these were actual creatures that were being seen, mm-hmm. then I think it would be a very different scenario if these are spiritual forces that are at work that are affecting people their response is going to be how does this affect me well i wasn't one of the third that died i'm fine do they mean physical death or spiritual i think probably both Mm -hmm. some some of one some of the other because generally and i think that's a really good question um because if you're still alive, but you it, but you put yourself into the book of the unrighteous, so that when you come before the Lord, your fate is sealed—that is death. So I think, I, and, and it doesn't—it doesn't actually say physical death one way or the other. So you know, it just
3: you know, to, to notice a third of the population
4: dying would right. be yeah, like the plague.
0: Right, right, mm-hmm. and and it may and it may be both, and and it may be you know, some of one and some of the other, because a lot of the times when it says the people will be, cu- you'll be cut off, you know, or you'll die, it, you know, it does mean either you continue to live, but you are cut off from the world to come, or you die young, but you get in, you get to go into the world to come, you know, so, so it may be some kind of combination of that also.
3: I think all this is like really interesting, but what, I, what comes to my brain is, is, um, is people, are people's expectations. And, and how, like, our expectations aren't met in, in terms of, like, the world ending. Because, like, when, well, not world ending, but, like, all this stuff going on right. in the spiritual realm and being manifested in the, in the physical realm, people think chaos. And when you think chaos, you think it's, like, unorganized destruction and people going crazy all over right. the place. And, and they're looking for stuff to be, like, super, super obvious. But, like, they nobody expects organized chaos. Right. Nobody expects one third of the population to die gradually.
0: Right. Like instantly. Right. And you know? so
3: like we're looking for these big These big like, signs. You know, everybody's looking for this one guy who's like worship me on the Antichrist. Hey, how you doing? You know, instead right. of instead of something that's more of a, a mind frame and, and more and not right. just
0: like this single. I well, and record. in in, in the, of, like the guy
2: that created the billboards and everything saying he's predicted the end
0: of the world. Right. right. A lot. He keeps changing oh, it when it well, passes. Yeah. yeah.
2: But like he just read. Oh, he changed it. Five months. months was only phase one. Right. It's not like end of the world. It's not right. that day. Well, and
0: keeping yeah. in mind, as in the days of Noah, how long did Noah build that ark? Yeah. yeah a hundred years. It took
2: him
3: a long time.
0: A hundred years. And pay what happened, it wasn't until his family was in and God sealed the door that it started to rain. So it was a
2: hundred years.
4: So how long oh. those people had to repent? Right. A hundred years, but they didn't. Oh, when I first read
0: that
4: story, I never realized it was 100 years ago Yeah. Where that part is. <laughs> yes. I never realized Noah was so, building that boat. So he's down. out
0: there building it, and all of this stuff is increasing. Uh-huh. All of this, you know, it's building up to that day that God's going to bring the rain. And they have this 100 years to repent, and instead they continue. Um, and they
4: see this man building this boat on dry <laughs> land. Yeah, not like he's at the dock.
0: Right. to leave.
1: they didn't ask him what you doing, Noah.
0: He yeah, it actually, up, says they, like, oh, they. ridiculed him, and but again, because
3: yeah. people's after expectations are are yeah. are yeah. The things that are he's obvious. After after that. After right. We're all expecting something super obvious, even yes. if we're already in the
0: Well, and the and the five sins so. that John specifically talks about at the end. there was a lot of writings and a lot of quotes about the teachings of how those sins were escalating in the days of Noah. You know, with the sexual immorality, how men were taking to themselves two wives, one who would bring them children and one who was given... um, some uh, elixir that would cause them to be barren, who would serve as their sexual pleasure mate, yeah. and and so, so ah, bring it up. No, but but that that this was how women were being treated by men. This not sleeping until I die. What?
2: Yeah.
0: But but that but that this was how women were being viewed. This was how sex was being handled in in this completely, and it and it has quotes from scripture about different things and explaining what, what is meant by that. And it's like, wow, you know, this is, it was just this perversity and this, this lack of viewing these things through God's teaching and, and how, how perverse mankind had become. And that's why, you know, when I, when people go, well, how bad is it going to get? I look around and I go, how do we know it's not that bad? Oh, yeah. Just because this is our normal, just because we're apathetic to it at a certain level, doesn't mean that this is good. Yeah. There's nothing going on now that, that you go, oh, yeah, the world is such a holy place. <laughs> right. You know, you look around, you're like, hmm, right. blood diamonds oh, wow. and, you know, all of this stuff. You're like, yeah, this is, it, it could be happening now. And, and so this is why <coughs> rather than fearing it, I just say, you know what? Take care of that poor person who crosses your path.
4: Yeah. yeah.
0: You know, get yourself right with God. And this is why, you know, only yeah. the stuff I've read, only in the U.S. really do, and in Western-minded places, you know, Western-minded churches and different groups, do people read this and go, I want to I figure this out. When is it going to happen? Let's create a timeline, blah, blah, blah. The rest of the world, they read this and go, oh, there's an end point. Get on the right team. <laughs> That's supposed to be our response to this book. It's like, oh, this is about something bigger than us. Right. Get right with God. And, and yeah, that's, that's supposed to be our response. Get on the right team. Get right with God. Get his mark on you. And, and live righteously in these areas. It's very simple. And if you're not doing that, you, yeah, you should probably be afraid. But if you're not doing that, you probably don't care. So it's you know it's not like the world reads this and goes, "Oh, it's a warning." You know, it's they go, <laughs> "Okay." They're like, "I'll wait until I see something
3: obvious."
0: Yeah, if that happens, I'll I'll do it, but
4: yeah, that's what the people in Noah's yeah. time. Yeah. They saw it raining and then it was like, Oh, it's well, getting a flood and then oh, it was getting higher than
0: me. And I think that's they one of the biggest the damages of like the Left Behind series and that whole approach is people read it and go, Well, if I see that happening, then I'll get on board. Well, you might not see it happening. Exactly. So on that note. I'll do a blessing and stop the recording, but may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord turn his countenance upon you and grant you peace. And can you run and get the children so that we can bless them since I completely forgot.